Well, I was kind of geared more toward the loss tonight, since it's us. Amen. Uh, well, you still never know, but amen, since it's us, amen, it may be just a little bit different. But Acts chapter number 13, uh, if you've got your place there, we'll get through this tonight, and uh, we'll carry on. The Bible said this, Acts 13, verse 32 through verse number 39. The Bible said, And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as according that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you, the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. So it's now as we come back to our text tonight that we've been seeing and talking about how Paul here, he is standing uh, in the synagogue around these Jews. And we see tonight that he's about to share the gospel of Christ uh, with these Jews. And with that being said tonight, look back for just a moment uh, at what was going on in our last study. So Paul is standing up. And tonight he's telling this people about Christ. And if you'll remember with me, it was him that was going back over the history uh, of the Jews, if you will, so that they would know just what it is that Paul is talking about. So in our last study, we began reading in verse 24 and 25. And we look there, the Bible said, when John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And the Bible said, and as John fulfilled his course... He said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to lose. So it was up to this point in the Word of God that we have seen Paul as he goes through the history of the Old Testament. Alright? But now we see that he's moving into the New Testament and he's talking about John the Baptist coming to preach uh, repentance and to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. So the thing of the person that I say that he's beginning with uh, is the one that came to prepare the way. So it was this man named John the Baptist, we know tonight that he ate bugs. Amen. I, I said that Sunday morning and we know tonight that he come out of the wilderness and he came preaching uh, repentance. So we would not have the New Testament tonight uh, without the Old Testament. Uh, Paul is going back uh, to the old and he, then he's going to revert uh, to the new. So we read that. Then we read 26. The Bible said, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God God to you is the word of this salvation sent. So Paul now flatters them a little bit uh, by calling them the stock of Abraham. Uh, you'll remember from last week that we said that this is how 
they would get lifted up with pride because they thought since they were descendants from Abraham that they didn't need a Savior. They thought that was the greatest thing uh, that they ever needed. And this is my opinion tonight, that he's no doubt wanting to keep the attention of these Jews, so he calls them the stock of Abraham, so they perk up and listen to him tonight. So we see that, we read verse 27 through 28. The Bible said, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. So Paul now begins to tell these Jews about Jesus Christ. He's told them about Moses. He's told them about John the Baptist. And he's told them about all the prophets that, uh, that had talked about Christ in our text. Friend, tonight it's Christ who came and he died. But in him tonight was found no cause of death. But it's them, the Jews, that wanted Jesus Christ hung on the cross of Calvary to die and to believe for you. We see that. We read verse 29 through 31. The Bible said when they had fulfilled all that was written of him. Notice that. Uh, we keep seeing that word over and over. The word fulfilled, fulfilled, fulfilled. And that's what Christ had done. The Bible said they took him uh, down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem who are his witnesses unto the people. So Paul now begins to tell them of how that Jesus Christ had died. But now he gets to tell them some other news tonight that not only did Jesus Christ die, but Jesus Christ lives. For if he was not alive tonight, then the blood of Christ would have done you and me no good whatsoever. The sacrifice that Christ laid down His life for us would have never done us any good. If Christ had not got up from the grave and got seated at the right hand of God and He took the blood back to heaven with Him. And friend, it's by that same blood that these Jews could get saved. That you and I got saved by. And it's the blood tonight that's still just as fresh as the day it got applied to our hearts and to our lives. Oh, friend, could you picture the blood tonight as it's moving around. Amen. It's alive and it's doing a work tonight. Uh, it's saving sinners from the pit of hell. Hey, it's this people that are getting ready to hear about the grace of God. I'm glad tonight that folks still yet get saved by grace through faith. There's some people who like to tell you that it's a certain kind of prayer that they have to pray. Uh, there's some people that say that it's one, two, three, repeat after me. But the word of God says for by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's by grace through faith tonight. Amen. It's the only way. It's by through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's now going to tell him. Read verse 32 through 33. And we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers... God hath fulfilled, there it is again, the same unto us their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So tonight we see Paul comes to these people. We see that tonight Paul does not come bearing any bad news. 
Now, you know tonight, Paul had been persecuted for the gospel of Christ. I mean, Stephen was now dead because of the gospel. But Paul said, hey, I don't come to bear any bad news. He said, I've got no sad stories to tell. He said, I've only got one thing to tell you. And that is tonight that Jesus Christ died and He rose from the grave and He's still yet alive. I come bearing good news to us that are saved tonight. Jesus Christ is still alive. He didn't die. He's not dead. Amen. He'll never ever die. He's alive and He's well. And one day He's going to be seated on the throne in Jerusalem where David used to sit. And He's going to rule and He's going to reign. And there's going to be perfect peace like we've never known before. Oh friend, I'm telling you, it's rained all week. Hey, uh, it's got me down. But I'm telling you tonight, I've got good news from a far country that Jesus Jesus lives, Jesus lives. And because He lives, you live if you're saved. Uh, he tells them how the Lamb of God has been slain that taketh away the sin of the world. This people in our text, they were sinners. We know Paul probably said uh, that to them. He said, for all who sin and come short of the glory of God. But I'm telling you tonight, friend, it was like he was saying, even though that all are guilty, Paul's saying, I've got some news that ought to excite you because it's through Christ that the guilt become guiltless. Amen. Ain't you glad today that you got saved? The gavel was slammed down and instead of saying guilty, it said you're guiltless. It said your sin is gone. It said you've been set free by the blood of Christ. Hey friend, it's as if you've never sinned. You say, but preacher, what about all the wrong I've done? Well, what about it, friend? Christ don't remember it, so why should you? Let's go for Christ. Amen. I'll preach a little while in a minute. So it was also, as we said before, Paul had given them the Old Testament. Now he makes this statement. He says, the promise which was made unto our fathers. Now what that's talking about tonight was how that all that had happened with Christ was all according to the promises of the Old Testament. I'm tired of the hogwash and the people that say, well, you, you don't need the Old Testament. Well, yeah, you do too. Because if it wasn't the Old Testament, you'd never have the New Testament. You need both of them. Amen. But it's just like Brother West said Sunday morning. He said Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the law. Not only did Christ do that, He came to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament as well. Every single one. Jesus Christ said, I'm the door. By me, if any man come in, he shall find rest. What door, friend? What is the door? Well, the door is that he came just the way that he said that he would. Uh, the Bible also said, uh, if any man try to climb up or come in some other way, that they're a thief and robber. Jesus Christ is not a thief and he's not a robber. He come in like the Old Testament said that he would. He fulfilled it all and he's the only way to get saved. He had come in that way because if he had come in another way he'd have been like you and me. Amen. He was born by a virgin. Anybody here ever done that? I ain't. Amen. You ain't either. Amen. Paul says that. Then he said in these verses God had fulfilled the same unto us. So not only had Christ died for them Jesus Christ done what all the prophets had said so that not only the Jew could be saved but so we could be saved as well. We see Paul tell them that. And then we see he quotes to them the second psalm. And you would see that in verse 33. We read it. But here's what Paul said. He says, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. He's quoting the second psalm. 
So he's talking about Jesus. And now the important thing that Paul is trying to drive home in our text tonight to these Jews in this verse is he's telling them that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now you've got to think back. That's why they killed him. Because he claimed to be the Son of God. Now Paul is looking at these Jews in the eyeball and he's telling them, hey, he really is the Son of God. He truly is. And Psalm chapter number 2 says this in Psalm 2, 1 through 7. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Keep that verse in your mind. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall He speak unto them in His wrath, then shall, uh, uh, and vex them in sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Here's what Paul quoted in verse 33. Thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. So it's in those first three verses of that psalm. We see the rulers at that time. They are against Jesus Christ. They set themselves against the Messiah and they cry out away with Him, away with Him, crucify Him. Then verse 4 through 5 of that psalm, we see the efforts of the people to kill Christ are not successful. Now, I want you to understand what I mean by that. He died on the cross. Physically died. But these people were unsuccessful in killing Christ. Here's why. It was not because of the people that Christ died. They did not. Let me see how I can word this. Where you understand. Uh, you probably know it already. It really had nothing to do with them. Jesus Christ knew that He was going to die. So everything that happened, Christ now allows them to do to Him. He knew that He was going to have to go through what they put Him through. So friend, what I'm saying tonight is this people did not put Him to death. It was by no accident, amen, that God died for you and for me. These people, uh, they, they had a part in it, but God already knew. See, He said, I have power to lay down my life and power to take it up again. That's why uh, some people will say this, and they're wrong. They'll say, well, Jesus spilled His blood. Jesus, when you spill something, it's accident, right? Jesus Christ did not spill His blood. He shed His blood for you and for me. He done it on purpose because He loved us that much. He went through all the stuff He went through. Friend, listen to me. It's after that verses 6 through 7. Or, or let me back up. Uh, we see that in the Bible, that, uh, in, in that Psalm chapter 2, the Bible said, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. What does that mean? The reason is, he knew that wasn't all the story. So God, he's sitting in heaven and he could laugh after his son died. Because he knew it wasn't over. So we see that. And it's after that verses 6 through 7 that the psalmist shows us that it's Jesus Christ who will be crowned the king in spite of all that his enemies could do. Hey, I'm telling you, we drove through Boone Sunday morning. Y'all probably did too. Do you know what I saw? I saw a pride rally. But I'm telling you tonight, friend, there's coming a day that mess will be gone. 
Jesus Christ will sit on the throne and He will be King of kings and Lord of lords. Hey friend, won't it be a good day when that happens? I do feel sorry for them if they don't get saved. But it'll be a good day for us to never have to see it again. Friend, listen. He'll sit up on the throne. He'll declare tonight in Revelation what the Bible, or he'll declare in glory what Revelation says. In uh, Revelation 1 and 18, the Bible said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Paul was saying all that to proclaim to these Jews that despite what you may think, it's Jesus Christ that is the Son of God. Now these Jews are totally against that. Okay, this is what he's up against. Now we see that, read verse 34. The Bible said, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Again, we see Paul mention the resurrection of Christ. But notice this time, Paul mentions a word, corruption. And when we see that word, the word corruption tonight means to decay. It means rotting. It usually is associated with the body of a person as that body goes back to the dust. Amen. That body decays and that body, uh, and we know that that body uh, rots, right? We know that. Our flesh. If, if we see death, our body is going to rot. That's just the way it is. Our soul will live in heaven. And one of these days, Christ is going to come back and, and our bodies are going to resurrect somehow. Amen. And then it's going to meet the Lord in the air and we're going to receive a glorified body. Amen. That's how that works. Anyway, so it's associated with dust and corruption. So Jesus Christ died once. Here's what the Word of God said. I'm glad after He took back His life, He'll never die again. Paul is telling them that our Savior will not ever go to another grave. The Bible said in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 10, For in that He died, He died unto sin once. But in that He that liveth, He liveth unto God. Hebrews 10, 12 through 14. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till His enemies be made His footstool. Do you know what Christ is doing right now? He's expecting. He's waiting. Well, David, I can picture him as he's seen everything that's went on this month. Lord, God, let me go back. See, he don't know the day or the hour. Only God the Father knows. And Jesus says, let me go. Let me go. And one of these days, God's going to say, all right, son, Go get your bride. And then we're going to go uh, uh, in the cloud with it. And then one day we're going to ride on white horses. What a day that's going to be. But friend, it's because He lives that you and I that are saved, we also live tonight. Friend, now we have a soul that will never die. But it's all because of Jesus Christ. And He suffered death so we wouldn't have to as far as our souls are concerned. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. And now our souls will not have to endure hell. We'll never have to see that place. Ain't you glad? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul tells these Jews this. And then he says in this verse, I'll give you the sure mercies of David. What's that talking about? Paul is quoting Isaiah 55 and 3. If you, if you take your Bible, how many of you know how to study your Bible? If you'll take your Bible, beside these verses, you will see Isaiah 55 and 3. That lets you know that that is what Paul is talking about. Do you all see that Isaiah 55 and 3 in your cross references? I hope you do. You all see that? Amen. 
Isaiah 55 and 3. If you'll take those cross references and use them as you study, it'll be a blessing to you. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. So we see that he's dealing now with the covenant or the promises that God had made to David. Now, how many of you know what the Davidic covenant is? It's over in the Old Testament. God makes a covenant with David. Basically, the covenant says this. I will sit, uh, I'm going to send you a man that's going to sit on your throne forever. Okay, that's the Davidic covenant in a nutshell. So that's over in the Old Testament. So in Second uh, Samuel 7 and 16, as a matter of fact, the Bible said, And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So that's the Davidic covenant. So not only was that covenant established, it will come to pass for all generations. The Bible said in Psalm 89, 3-4, I've made a covenant with my chosen, I've sworn unto David my servant, thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. That's where we come in. Amen. So we'll get to see him on his throne in Jerusalem. Amen. So Paul is here in this synagogue. Thing that he's telling these Jews that are before him tonight, he's letting them know God's promise to David has a guarantee that will come to pass. He's letting them know that the mercies of David are unfailing. He's letting them know the king of Zion is living. And I'm glad he's living in our day and time as well. He's, uh, he will be on the throne of David. He will rule and reign. Paul is telling these Jews who do not believe none of that. He's telling them now. What the Old Testament scriptures had, what the Old Testament scriptures said. Do you understand tonight that these Jews, they were the first ones to have the oracles of God. The oracles of God is known as what we call the Old Testament in our Bible. So these Jews, they had uh, these things that were written about David. They had what Isaiah had written. And so now, the thing about it is, is they were still yet looking for the Messiah because Jesus Christ come and He spoke in parables so they wouldn't understand. Why? That way He could die for us, hang on the cross, and then live for us so we can live forever. Is that not amazing? Well, we see this. Let's move on. Verse 35. Wherefore He saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So we have seen that Paul told these Jews about Christ, how, he's li- how he lives. Now he's basically driving the nail in that coffin some more. It's like he's saying, don't just take my word for it, but take David's for it as well. Remember, they had the Old Testament. He quoted now to these Jews Psalm 16, verse number 10. Yeah, if you look in your cross references, you'll see it there. Psalm 16 and 10, the Bible said, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. He's quoting that verse, but notice Paul tells them Jesus lives. Then in this verse, the very first word is the word therefore. So what Paul is saying tonight is that because of the promise made to David concerning Christ, it was impossible for the holy one to see corruption. Remember what corruption is? Decay and rotting in death, right? So let's read on. Verse 36 through 37. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. All right? Bible said, verse 37, but he whom God raised again saw no corruption. He's telling them again the same thing. 
But this time what he is saying is that it had come to pass. David had fulfilled all that God had called him to do in his life. And now he's dead. That's what the, word, that's what the uh, phrase fell on sleep means here in our text. It's his body that went to the grave. His body saw corruption. That's talking about David. Now these Jews had this psalm twisted up. They thought that it was talking about David. This psalm was not talking about David in Psalm 16. It's talking about Christ. Okay, David saw corruption. He's lying in a grave. Jesus Christ, God had raised from the dead, saw no corruption. That's what Paul is telling these Jews tonight. So we see that now. Look at verse 38 through 39 and we're about done. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, listen, he has spent his time over and over and over telling them about Christ. Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. You ought to underline that in your Bible. Justified from all things. A-L-L. Anyway. From which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Remember these Jews, they're living under the law of Moses. They are believing that if they can live good enough, they'll go to heaven. Now I say to you, that's what half the world is out here doing today. But that's not the way it works. So it was these Jews, they would hold on to the law of Moses. How many of you know what the law of Moses is? The Ten Commandments. Okay? And there's more to it than just the Ten Commandments, but we'll go with the Ten Commandments for now. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder. Okay, we know that. So that's what they're holding on to. Thou shalt not lie. Now how many of us can keep that? If you tell somebody you're going to be there and then something comes up, do you understand what just happened? Well, basically, they lie. Right? There's a lot of people lies to me when they say they'll be here Sunday morning. <laughs> anyway, so they're trying to keep the law. So we're not saved by the law of Moses. There's no way we can keep the law. So Paul had carefully laid down the foundation for these Jews to have forgiveness of their sin. And it works for us in our day as well. Paul had proved by now that Jesus Christ had been crucified like the prophet said that he would. And my friend, I'm going to tell you tonight, he had, he had told them as well how that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was taken down. He told them how Christ was buried, but God had raised him from the dead. It was Jesus that had not saw corruption like all other men had to face. It was Him that was the Messiah that the Jews had been looking for. Paul's desire of his heart is that the Jews be saved. And it's now that these Jews should have been able uh, where the Bible uh, should have been able to see. Where the Bible said in verse 39 and by Him all that believe are justified from all things. You know what? If they wanted to get saved Paul is letting them know there's no other way except by this man named Jesus Christ. Hey friend I want you to know. Uh, you may Say you're saved. Uh, you may think you are, but if you said you're coming in some other way, there's no other way tonight except through Christ. That's it. Well, somebody pressured me to get saved. You don't get saved by somebody pressuring you. You get saved when you come and call upon the name of Lord Jesus Christ because you realize you're a sinner and you need Him. You know, I didn't even know what hell was when I got saved. All I is I needed Him. And all I know is I called on Him and the Bible said for 
whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I knew that I was a sinner. But boy, when I heard somebody preach on hell, I sure got excited. I said, I'm not going that place. Amen. Friend, by grace through faith, Paul is preaching. Do you understand tonight, when a person gets saved, we have peace. Peace of God that passeth all understanding. The Bible said in Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have peace when we get saved. I'm not going to hell, are you? That brings peace to my soul. I'm not, listen to me, I've got a soul that's never going to die. I may, I don't know what my life holds down here, but I tell you what, I know my life holds up there. Hey, I could be in a hospital bed tomorrow and not know uh, what's going to happen to me next. But I tell you what's on the other side. Amen, heaven is. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, what, what else do we need? But friend, it's then that not only do we get peace, we gain access to a place we didn't used to have. A place we don't use enough. Amen. We gain access to the throne room of God, which means it's when a person gets saved, then they can pray. I never realized that for the day when I saw God in hear my prayers. When I got saved, I gained access to where only the old high priest could go. Now I can go there. Amen. Access to the throne room of God. A place where I'm going to stand one day. Now my words can touch heaven because I'm saved. Hey, the Bible said, Romans 8, 1 through 4, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Not only do we have access, guess what, buddy? We're not condemned anymore. Listen, we see Paul is teaching this very same thing in our text right now. He's telling these Jews the law cannot save them and the works of the law couldn't save them. The point he's driving home is that even though the law of Moses couldn't save them, the blood of Jesus could. And once you get saved, you're not condemned anymore. So don't condemn yourself. Live. When the devil creeps up in your ear and says, well, don't you remember what you've done back yonder? Here's what you tell him. Jesus don't remember it. Why in the world should I? Hey, devil, next time he comes at you, why don't you just say, hey, why don't you step through the blood? And you know what? If he did, he'd be a saved devil. And that ain't going to happen. Hey, friend, listen to me. We are not condemned anymore. We are not guilty. But we're free. Yes, free indeed. Ain't you glad tonight that we uh, live in a country they say is free? But it's starting not to believe. But you and I have got a soul tonight that's been set free. There's nothing that could be held over our head that Jesus Christ cannot forgive. My goodness, it's just good to be free. Well, preacher, what about what about what you used to do? It's gone. What about your past? It's gone. What about when you mess up? The Bible says we got to advocate with the Father the second we pray, the second it's done, but it's gone. Ain't that good? Paul is telling these people how to get forgiveness for their sin. Not by the law of Moses, but by and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ.
I don't feel led to give an altar call tonight. I just want to say this. It sure is good to be free. Amen. None of that stuff hangs over my head. If you're safe tonight, it's not over your head either. The devil will try and tell you it is. All you can do is look at him and say, <laughs> What sin are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. If Christ don't remember them, why in the world should you? It's good to be free. Amen. I'm done. Paul's trying to tell him.